Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back in Newport Beach. In the in the listeners' ears, we're right on schedule. This came out the week after last week's episode. It's been a hot minute since we recorded, so I I actually really needed that previously on the OC thing to just like catch me up to speed a little bit. I was like, I can't remember what the hell's happening in this show. Yeah, forgot about Lindsay. Forgot about Alex. Forgot about all of it. Literally forgot about all. Wow. Of it. Um, but here we are. Uh, in classic OC fashion, mm-hmm. five episodes into the school, not even five episodes in the school year, because there wasn't a school year the first episode, uh, we're already at winter time. It's time for the winter formal. Uh, time for the snow sea, Matt. The snow sea. Uh, the most important event of any school year, even though we didn't hear about it last year. Um, so <laughs> here we are at the snow sea. Uh, I mean, I love a good pun, so I'm all right with that. This was a long episode, Joe. I texted you. <laughs> you were and like, I said, <laughs> yeah, it feels like I watched three episodes, but I'm still just on the snow sea. Like this episode has so much happening. And so I'm kind of in the middle right now, right? Because two weeks ago, over the last two weeks, I talked about how episodes three and four, like everything I wanted out of an OC episode. They were light, they were fun, they were fluffy, not too much soap opera stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Boy, have things changed quickly. We are we are well, like this one's fluffy-ish, but man, does it start really dipping its toes into some serious soap opera drama uh, as it continued. Yeah, it's a little... <laughs> I'm like, wow, we're really, this is where the soap opera-ness does come in. The yes. various plot lines all converging on an event, right? Yes. On the, the height of the moment. And I'm going to be honest with you, like, if it's not prom, it's not that serious. It's really not. Um, also, I got to call him out. Zach knew what he was signing up for. 
He's not <laughs> like yeah. like I I'm sorry. I like Zach. I can't feel bad that Zach is like. I think that there's something going on between Summer and Cohen. Like you've existed in this school. It's been at least four episodes already establishing that you are aware of their history. Like I just like it's like, dude, you knew you knew what you had signed up for yeah. when you decided to date Summer. Sorry. And this isn't even like I am probably on the lowest portion of like raw, raw Summer and Seth. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. but you knew what they were. Everybody did. This comes up in a later episode. I'm so sick of like the you two were just like meant to be together narrative. Like, no, nothing in this show <laughs> has implied that at all. Yeah. Uh, and and Zach's not dumb, right? Like Zach no. is he's he's a tra we've already established that like in he's the version of Seth. He's like Seth without irony and sarcasm, right? Like He's the Seth that's like likable um, to most people if he just didn't have disdain for the world. So he's also intelligent and smart and can and and picks up things. So it's like so out of character to have him be this dense about, <laughs> so about it. I have a question for you. Tell me. Because I'm really missing Luke here. And Zach seems very we lost this actor, so let's bring in a new actor who fits almost the exact same role as, like, jockey fifth wheel who blends in with the group. Do you know, like, behind the scenes, was there something going on where they needed to write Luke off for a bit? Or oh. even for good? Or, like, because Zach really does feel like shit. Luke's gone, let's slide in a new character to fit that slot. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's not even a... So, one, I don't know off the top of my head. I can probably Google it and make some make some determinations. Two, he... Zach is not somebody who is a one-for-one -one swap for Luke, right? No, no, but it's... But I do see it being... I just see it being similar to like uh, we can't just have it these four kids. We need to we need to throw in uh, a fifth person who's kind of jockey who can be kind of the will they won't the but we've already done that with Ryan and Marissa so let's do it now with Seth and Summer but like very similar setup. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Especially because near the end of season one, there was that one m weird moment where Luke like got sort of flirty with Summer and she shut it down. Yeah. But it's like you almost can't help but wonder, was this in the plans originally? Yeah. Was it like, oh, now Summer starts dating Luke? You know what I mean? And then something maybe happens with the actor where he wants more money or whatever, and they silently write Luke off of the show and bring in a different actor to kind of fit into that spot of what the Luke character was supposed to do this season. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is Luke gone for like, there, it's not a series wrap on Luke series wrap on Luke. Luke's. Gone. Oh, wow. Episode. So episode one of season two, that's it. Luke's gone. Luke is gone. Okay. And so like, there was definitely the actor is like, I think that there's a behind the scenes thing at that point. Like there's. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get into it for some other, 
things that are happening in future episodes because we watch in chunks, right? But yeah, I mean, it's pretty. They this this season is like, hey, remember these characters from the first season that we wanted you to get invested in? Well, they're just gone now. Yeah, they they're just they said peace. Yeah, and it's like it's it's a few characters uh, to this point. It's a few characters, right? It's Luke, it's Teresa, it's Haley, like. Everyone from the second half of the <laughs> it's everyone from the second half of the of the first season. I just I could not believe I really truly thought that Luke was uh oh okay here it goes. I just looked it up real quick. Best known this is under the actor's Wikipedia page. Best known by global audiences as Luke on the first season of the OC, he did not continue because the producers could not guarantee him airtime in the upcoming year. So I guess he was just like, So what happens with Luke? And they were like, I don't know. <laughs> and then he was like, Well then I'm not gonna sign the contract. Yeah. Uh real fumble, I must say, because I definitely like Luke. I mean, things could change for sure, but at this point in time, I definitely like Luke a lot more than I like Zach. Not that I dislike Zach, but Zach brings nothing to the table for me right now. Yeah. <clears throat> he's very he's a very forgettable character uh in a lot of ways. Um so Marissa is a little bit more public with what's going on with her in the the pool boy DJ. Mm-hmm. Um which leads to Julie Cooper catching them. Julie fires DJ, which which gives him a great chance for a wrongful termination lawsuit. Uh, yes, uh, thank you. Right in the Sue heavy OC, like why not DJ get that bank? Um, and Marissa delivers this very awkward, clunky line where she's like, "You're fired," and she's like, "Like that will keep him from seeing me." Or like it's just like Marissa. Marissa's just. I mean, we're recording in chunks, but from this point forward, Marissa is just a nightmare for me. We also have Seth thinking that there's something going on between him and his boss, Alex. Yep. Uh, and if we're talking about lawsuits here, <laughs> Seth shows up at work and is like, we kissed. And Alex is like, whatever. It was just a kiss. And she walks around and she kisses like two different employees, which feels like a big old work harassment problem as well um because like it started out with a kiss but how could it end up like this if- joe <laughs> <laughs> i see what you did there see matt one of the what we have determined in this episode is that one of the white people problems that is not a problem uh, one of the things that is not a white person problem is uh, sexual harassment lawsuits. Yes. <laughs> or does not um, exist. Any sort of like workplace stuff, right? Yeah. It's all like we don't it's care. A, it's the Wild Wild West out there in Newport yeah. Beach. Um so Marissa is, of course, because I remember the first season, organizing the entire Snow Sea. This whole plot line, it's so messy and clunky. So let me try to run this all down off the top of my head here. Marissa's planning the snow sea. She doesn't want DJ to go because under her definition, it's not his scene. Yeah. Um, now, Ryan kind of pre- correctly later says, I think it's more that you're embarrassed to be with him and that's stupid. 
like do your thing. Um, so she's organizing the dance, but she's going to the dance tag because DJ is not coming with. Mm-hmm. Summer is supposed to go to the dance with Zach, but Zach sees that her and Seth are still friends. He gets jealous, so he decides not to go to the dance. So now Summer's going to the dance alone. Um, Seth and Ryan both try to ask out the opposite girl from last week's double date. Uh, So Ryan is going to ask out Lindsay now. Seth is going to ask out Alex. Alex says, no, it was just a kiss. Stop reading into it. Lindsay is like, sorry, I don't want to ruin our great lab partner relationship. Um, So Seth and Ryan, both sad boys. Ryan, at least, is like, I am willing to go to the dance with my ex, Marissa, because we're still friendly. And Seth is going to throw a little pity party on the couch for himself. um, Because he's Seth Cohen. And that's what Seth Cohen does. Um, So that's everything up until this point uh i just wanted to paint that picture uh and then also on the adult side of things uh sandy is still trying to figure out these secret things tied to the caleb lawsuit where caleb could be going to jail and things aren't adding up into his brain and so on and so forth all of that out of the way these giant ass penguins that marissa has purchased for this dance are outrageous (laughs) (laughs) also don't forget we're gonna hear we should take a we should do a drinking game where every time it's mentioned moving forward that marissa is the social chair for harbor um (laughs) that we just take like a shot see how many times we end up like marissa in 50 percent of the episodes of the oc Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. i have to say that the highlight of this episode i've started to write this down more is what is the highlight moment of the episode. So for me, the highlight moment of this week's episode is uh, Seth is having a pity party on his couch. Ryan is trying to convince him to come with him to the dance. And then he enlists the help of Sandy and Kirsten, who sit on both sides of him and just obnoxiously ask questions about the movie that he's watching until he gets frustrated enough to leave. Mm -hmm. Uh, Beautifully acted by all three people in that scene. Uh, well done. Two thumbs up. Loved every element of it. Uh, huge highlight for me. The dance, we get a ton of music, which we'll cover later. But while the dance stuff is going on, Caleb Nickel has a secret child. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you did you uh, get it? Did you, did you see it coming, Matt? I actually did it. I was like, what is happening? I genuinely don't know because it was like this episode ended and the next episode begin mm-hmm. began. Like, I don't, I think by the next episode starting was when everything sank in for me because that everything happens like with a second left on the runtime of the episode yeah. for the audience to piece together stuff. So it was like, you know. Well, we'll get into it, but Ryan might be dating his uh, adopted aunt. Uh, it is what it comes down to. Um, boy, do they love some incense love stories in this uh, fucking show. A French movie? What the hell? Like, <laughs> uh, you know what's the other? So, <clears throat> I wrote something down during this episode, and this statement kind of applies to every episode of the OC from here on out. I assume, mm-hmm. but. I just wrote this friend group is a mess. 
Nah. Like, <laughs> like if you're you your friend group, if you're if when you break up with somebody, you and your ex and your best friend's ex are still the only people in your social circle, like you done fucked up. Yeah. Like, like it's just it's like this is horrible. This is a horrible mess that they have here. It's almost it, it's just like so also implausible, right? Because no one's that good of an actor to yeah. like act that oh we don't want to be together or whatever. Like that that stuff to me is just like oh I cannot with this already. It's just yeah. It's it's there's a lot of things where I had big questions. The other question that I had, and maybe this is a California thing. Correct me if I'm wrong, Joe. You're okay. the expert of that state. Um, is it normal for a high school uh, dance to be broadcasted across a radio airwave so that people in their cars can listen to the tunes being played at the dance? No, absolutely not. <laughs> that scene with Zach in his car, I was like, what is even happening right now? That is like, that's like rich person shit, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> also, like, oh, God, I hate the trope. I hate and I love it. I'll, I'll let me put it that way. I would love it if it was real and I got to participate in it. But I hate the trope of like we're gonna have a radio station. The yeah. Modern, the modern version of that is we're doing a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. But like we're gonna have a radio station. Boy Meets World did it in high school. Like no high schools have money for that. Nope. I mean, the closest we came was having a TV studio, and even then, we almost had to self finance ourselves because they weren't giving us shit to make that work. Yeah, it's um, like, oh, we want this to happen. We're not going to invest. Like, no way. Yeah, no, it's like that. When that happened, I'm like, what is even happening here? Um, but basically, the radio DJ is like, man, I'm having a great time here at this school dance. So this song goes out to all you lonely motherfuckers with no one to dance with. I know. I and, was like, oh, no, not this. I don't <laughs> and want then, this. Zach's listening to the radio and he goes, you know what? You're right. I am going to go to that dance. I'm going to be there for summer. And he shows up at the dance, and Summer and Seth are having a very chaste slow dance with each other. And he's just like, I foolishly thought you needed a date, but I guess I was wrong. Peace out. Like, in Peace this, out. <laughs> in this chunk of episodes, I've watched Zach angrily break up with Summer every single episode. <laughs> yeah, but, like, doesn't it also feel like Zach has angrily broken up with Summer at every turn? Every every turn. episode? Every episode, it's chaos. So... He storms out. Ryan like convinces Marissa to slow dance with DJ. He goes to talk to Lindsay, which we got a great joke. Uh, Lindsay's wearing her Freudian slippers. Uh, beautiful pun. Beautiful I, pun. A plus. I also love that. Like she's, they're really kind of like having to make her be a nerd. Like they're really yeah. t- dialing the nerdy up for her. Yeah, they're they're cranking it up for sure. Uh and then Lindsay and Ryan meet we we meet Lindsay's mom. And it's the woman that Sandy Cohen confronted earlier about an affair with Caleb Nickel that led to him having a secret 16-year-old child. Mm-hmm. Bump bum bum. Do 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 what are your thoughts on this episode? Because this, I, I feel like this episode, to me, 
felt like a season one episode in the sense of it is just spinning too many plot points and too many plates in a single 44 minute runtime. And I would have loved to see this like in two separate chunks because it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it makes me the adult stakes, right? Because we always, you know, by now the the listeners are very familiar with the fact that like there's always the two storylines there's the adults and then there's the kids i like when the adult storyline takes over i'm really not a fan and that was this episode see and here's the funny thing i think i'm more invested in the adult story because it fucking matters (laughs) like like the adult story has actual real life consequences to them well that's the thing is like even i mean the kid stuff is fine when like I just don't like it. <laughs> I know this is going to sound strange, especially because I do love soap operas, but like, I really hate will they, won't they bullshit. Well, I think the problem with will they, won't they bullshit, in my opinion, and I think we talked about it on one of our episodes, is the part where they already will. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it's like the once they get together the first time, it's like friends struggled with this. How I mm-hmm. Met Your Mother struggled with this. Scrubs did a better job than most mm-hmm. not stumbling in this category, but like, but they still stumble in it sometimes. It's like once your will they won't they gets together in say the second season of the show, and you go for nine more seasons. It's like you just have to keep dealing. With yeah. plot line after plot line of like, will they get back together now? Will they remember how much they love each other? Yeah. But like the OC, what the OC is doing that drives me absolutely crazy. We'll use Scrubs as an example. It's my favorite show of all time. Mm-hmm. I fucking love it. JD and Elliot, the first time they have sex, it's strictly a work hookup. And like they go through all the different emotions about that. Mm-hmm. And basically every single time... Elliot and JD hook up. There is multiple episodes where Elliot has her own storyline over here. JD has his own storyline over here because mm-hmm. there's, you know, emotions that they have to work their way through before they can even like start to hang out as friends again. The OC, it's like 20 minutes. They're not friends after a breakup. And then they're like back to being like best buddies hanging by the pool. Like yeah. it's just, it's like you. This is too much. And especially in high school, absolutely fucking not. As someone who works with high schoolers, do you know how vicious and cruel a high school breakup is first round? Like, you're not just like buddy-buddy hanging out the next day. That's not happening. Yeah. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. 
What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. So Joe. Yeah. Let's talk about some music for a second. Let's talk. So there's a school dance. So there's some songs that we get here. Uh as they're driving to the dance, they're listening to Phoenix's Run Run Run. Mm-hmm. Uh they arrive at the dance and the faint uh desperate guys is playing. Marissa and Ryan dance to Gwen Stefani's cool. Zach is listening to Dirty Vegas's Closer when he decides to turn around. Uh, I can't believe I'm stumbling on this name. Feist, Feist's Let It Die plays when Seth and Summer are slow dancing. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to say that I think this is Fruz Adults is the name, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, their song Soft Light plays when Zach shows up and talks to Alex at the bait shop. Sure. Uh, Magnet F Gamma Hayes. Uh, Lay Lady Lay plays when Marissa finally slow dances with DJ. And then when everything seems to be working out all right, at the end of the episode, Benjamin Heap's Good Night and Go plays to wrap up the episode. Look, I know that both of us have always said that we try to avoid the big final song that ties everything together, but it has to be the Imogen Heap song <laughs> this time around. It's It's a classic from my childhood. And all of the other songs showed up for like milliseconds throughout the episode. See, I actually like the placement of cool. Okay. And the reason why is because like it it places <laughs> like cool is one of those like VH1 countdown songs that like I know exactly where I was and how I felt when I was that age when cool okay. came out. And so like hearing <laughs> Like the beginning, <laughs> the beginning part of Cool just like takes me back there. It takes and, you there. You want to go there? Yeah. Um, Take and me then to that great place map. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. I mean, that would have been my number two. In all honesty, I also we I've never heard this song, "Desperate Guys" by Faint, but the songs seem pretty dope. Seem yeah. like a like a club hit. Uh, all right, Joe. What? What pop culture promo? What have you been watching, reading, whatever that you want to make sure that everyone's aware of? Well, Matt, I really want to talk about my favorite new Netflix show. And it's admittedly like I'm not someone who like, oh, this came. I always give myself a little bit of time to um, to experience new shows, Uh, Mm -hmm. especially shows like right when they come out, unless it's like. Unless I've been, like, following the account and, like, waiting for trailers and stuff like that, I'm not the one to do, you know, (laughs) I'm not the one to do that. And so we're at a point, right, where um, 
I am just kind of like, okay, if it's if I'm feeling in the mood for it, because I do a lot of comfort watching. I like things that are easily digestible. I can be on my phone. And I was uh, house slash dog sitting recently, and I came across the newest Netflix show, uh, a new Netflix show called Glamorous. Um, and it is just delightful. It is <laughs> the gayest show on Netflix right now. Um, and I love it because it's like the bold type meets ugly Betty meets the devil wears Prada just in the best way. And I didn't even see the bold type, but I saw the trailers and yep, that's basically what it is. (laughs) Um, it's about, uh, a young queer kid named Marco Polo. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Unavoidable, unavoidable. (laughs) And... Marco is like a makeup influencer, like has one of those channels where, you know, they they do tutorials and shit. Yeah. Creates content, if you will. And Marco works at like a makeup counter at a department store and all and all of a sudden one day uh, the like head of one of the like luxury makeup brands comes in undercover and then like Marco charms his way into her and played by Kim Cattrall of, you know, sex in the city mannequin fame. Wow. And so she comes in, hires him on the spot to be her like second assistant. And then he goes to work in like New York high end makeup line and, you know, comes up with an idea to save the business, that sort of thing. It's very, (laughs) It's very delightful, but it also does something that, like, Ugly Betty was, like, a a serial show. Like, every episode was self-contained, and then you had, like, the wider arcs, right? This is one of the... This is a show that, like, does something cool with the bingeable structure, where it is the same story overarching, but because you have this episodic structure, you just get little bits of its development, right? So like, we need to come up with this idea to save the company. Here's this idea. Great. Oh, no, now we need another one. Here's this idea. Now we pivot. Now let's go all in and you know, all these different things. So it's really clever in that regard. But Matt, the men are hot. There's dancing. There's like a lot of gayness. And F word a tree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I I love it and I'm obsessed and I highly recommend it. Um, All right. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about a movie that I do think uh, if people still remember it come Oscar season, it will probably do well. Uh, ben Affleck directed it. It's a story that I didn't think I'd care about. The story of the Air Jordan in Air. Uh, but man, you're really just watching, let's say, five funny actors do what they're good at for an hour, for two hours. Uh, nice. It's, it's just a charming, uh, it's just charming. It's a charming movie. Uh, it's not like the greatest film that's ever existed, but I definitely felt like, yeah, I'd watch this again. For sure, I would watch this again. So I recommend Air, uh, even if you're like me and could care so little about sports and sports shoes. Uh, they made it a compelling, compelling little tale nice. uh, about a little unknown athlete named Michael Jordan yeah. and the desire to put his logo on a shoe. Yeah. Uh, and his mama. 
I mean, yeah, his mom rules in this movie. Uh, but yes, Joe, the white people problems seem to be really, really, really revving up. So tune in next week and we'll see where this secret baby craziness takes us next. listening to the Geekscape Network.